Hey, everybody out there. I am Dino Casares from the group Fear Factory, and you're watching and listening to me on Interview Under Fire. All right, how's it going out there, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, back here again, this time along with Dino Casares, quite the honor, man. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, for me, this is a personal one because I grew up with the music of Fear Factory. And of course, there are tons of fans out there who feel the same way. And I could speak for them, hopefully. And uh, I wouldn't be here today without the music you put out in your career, Dino. Now, this is an exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at the legendary Fear Factory with the release of your 10th studio album. I can't believe I'm even saying that number. Um, Aggression Continuum drops June 18th on Nuclear Blast Records, especially with those singles that dropped uh, Disruptor and Fuel Injected Suicide Machine that recently dropped. First things first, Dino, I know there's so much to discover about this headbanger of an album, but before we get to all that, and beyond, I'm going to ask an important question to start things off. How okay. are you, man? Uh, are you in L.A. right now? How's life out there? I know things are starting to take a turn for the better now uh, nationwide. Um, how's life out there right now since our, everything's changed since last March? <laughs> life has been great. Uh, I've been very, very, very busy um, doing a lot all things Fear Factory at the moment. Um, ever since July of 2020 last year, I regained control of the uh, Fear Factory trademark, so I was able to move forward with completing this record, Aggression Continuum. Also, we went and recorded, excuse me, live drums on the Industrialist record, so we could put that out with live oh, wow. drums. We also just released uh, Demanufacture uh, remastered on vinyl, and we also mixed and remastered some live tracks for the third vinyl. That's in that package that you get. Um, so yeah, I've been doing all things Fear Factory, and it's been great. It's been killer. Yeah, and considering that this is also you know the band's thirtieth anniversary, I felt like there couldn't have been a more perfect time to put this out. I mean, ten albums, man. It's not an easy thing for anyone to do, and yet here you <clears> are. <throat> you know, at the same time, it feels like everything also went by in a blink. Do you feel the same way, or is it just me? No, I don't feel like it went by in a blink because I was pretty busy during that whole COVID time, downtime that everybody had. You know, I was also working on one of my other bands, Asesino, right. trying to finish that record. But ever since Fear Factory took over, it's been all full steam ahead with Fear Factory. But um, yeah, there's a lot of work that goes on to being, you know, the only surviving member of the band, you know. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of weird, you know, celebrating the 30 year anniversary pretty much as a solo as a soloist right yeah um but i also celebrated with the fans so that's a big thing and yeah it's a big milestone that the band in itself kind of made it this far um despite all the changes and all the uh turmoil and all the, the lawsuits and the things that's gone on in the band in the 30 years of its career it's definitely worthy of a book so that's something that i'm also working on as well Oh, man, that's definitely something to look forward to. Now, you've been, you know, you've been at this for over three decades. You know, you know, uh, I can date it to 1990, even before that, whether it's with Fear Factory or uh, even with Brugeria, Divine Heresy, Assassino, like you mentioned. I wanted to ask, you know, how was the touring life and the live music experience for you personally? Because you've done some extensive touring, you know, embarked on a handful of sold out headlining tours, OzFest, Soundwave, Dynamo, Valken, shared the stages with Black Sabbath, Slayer, Iron Maiden. And now we've all been kind of just forced to take this unexpected step back. And has this has this time lately made you develop a newfound appreciation of the touring life? Well, I've always, I've always appreciated all that. You know, I've always appreciated where I'm at. Appreciated the fact that I'm actually able to write music that people love and I can get it out there and, you know, record companies signing the band in the beginning and, you know, uh, writing music that people love and traveling all around the world, you know, numerous times in my life. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've been around the world, you know, traveling to all the different countries and experiencing different cultures and, uh, you know, meeting all new different uh, types of people around the world and, I just appreciate all that. So not necessarily a newfound appreciation, still, still appreciating the fact yeah. that I get to do what I do. 
Yeah. And uh, you could talk about food and culture and fans like you talked about. There's so many things to pick apart about what makes touring amazing and a very common subject on Interview Under Fire. I'm sure other publications are the same way. And you've seen this for the last year and a half live streaming. A lot of the bands, what they're doing on stage, they've been taking it on the screen like we're doing obviously these interviews would be in person but we've had so many bands on here we've had artists like you know devin townsend and august burns red and lamb of god like they talked about their experience on you know selling you know virtual tickets so to speak to the fans and they would either pre-record a show or live stream a show but with the amount of touring that you talked about just now the the experiences you went through the venues you played at the fans you've encountered i wanted to get your take on it for someone like you because do you think that the rise of the quarantine induced live streaming we've been seeing this entire time. Is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your perspective? Like, has it already well, been affected? It's already been affected. Like what, you know, uh, years ago, you know, with people um, developing their own program on YouTube, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot of artists that don't tour anywhere near as much because they're successful online. Uh, doing these, doing these streaming type of things or video shows, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who made their whole career at, you know, ex touring musicians that are just now, not just now, but now, like just in the last ten years, having to making their life on YouTube or or other streaming platforms, whether it's OnlyFans or Patreon or so on. There's a lot of uh, guitar players that are like just, you know, in their home guitar players that are, you know, having a million a million subscribers right you know what i mean and making making really good income doing this it's been going on for quite some time now but for the musicians who were never doing that you know because of covid now starting their own patreon page and their own only fans and you know getting out there on their their youtube channels and doing all that stuff you know it's been uh a definitely turning point for those musicians who never had done it yeah and uh you know there's no wrong answer to what you just said because I've had so many artists like yourself say, yeah, I would still love to uh, engage with my fans. It still gives me a chance to do what I want to do. And some, some artists would say, I'm not doing anything until all this is over. Yeah. There's always that freedom to mosh in your own room. Right. But how much more creative can you get? Like you do the live streaming and then you kind of hit that barrier. Like, okay, now what? So uh, I remember I went to this, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. Metallica did this one for one weekend. They did the live streaming back in August. They, uh, had a live show that the Dallas sold out completely. They were doing it at the drive-ins. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. And it just made me miss that live experience even more. Like what's the most commonality we hear doing a live show. Hey, let me see those horns. Right. You, you just see like a sea of horns from the fans and you get that adrenaline rush. Show it's, me your hands. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, you, you stuff, see yeah. all that in the crowd. Instead, what did we get? Uh, I remember three days grace open and they said something like, Hey, let me hear you guys honk your horns. So if you roll your window down, you just hear cars <laughs> honking just in silence. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Felt, it felt so, I don't know. Like, like I said, it made me miss that even more. Like the turnout was great. It was great. Well, if like, I had a you, band, if I had a singer, I would I would have already been doing that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you get, you get there. Like the turnout feels like an actual metal show. You get there and then you're sitting in the car and then you watch on the, on the like at the drive-in screen in front of you, like on the field. It's yeah. Like, okay. It's yeah. not the so, same. It's not the same. So like, no, it's not the same. But I would still, I would still do it because it's just a way of you getting the music out there. It's just different, right. a different way of you getting the music out there. And um, but if I had a singer, I would have been doing that already. And people are saying, well, why don't you have a singer? Well, because I'm taking my time and finding the right person right. to fill that, to fill that, to fill that slot. But um, yeah, I'm all about people, you know, making income any way they possibly can because obviously that main income of of touring. For, for a lot of musicians, it's gone. You know what I mean? Very so true. everybody's got to find a new way to make money. And that's just how it is. That's just where the changes. We've been talking about uh, the relationship between human and AI for a long time. And just how people are addicted to their iOS devices. You know what I mean? And uh, things like COVID make us even more addicted. Um, for the bad or for bad or worse, you know? Um, in some ways, it's, you know, everything... And this technology-driven world has its pros and cons, right? Yeah. Pros is like we could talk like this. We could do these video shows, these video podcasts. And people and the world gets smaller because we could talk to each other. The bad parts, the cons are, you know, misinformation, you know, conspiracy theories that are ruining people's lives, relationships, 
suicides. Yeah. You know, those are the things, the bad things uh, that uh, definitely has changed in our world. Sorry, sorry to make it sound so, you know, no, sad. I, I, no, you, that's you, pretty you, much. Yeah, something I, I, that we've been talking about this kind of change for a long time. How certain things become obsolete, whether it's us as man, whether it's jobs, whether it's technologies, whether it's medical things become obsolete and new things arise all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. That was that was actually rolling through my head, and when when I was, uh, you know, obviously it's been in your lyrics for crying out loud throughout your entire catalog, and that is the challenge that we are facing. I mean, you spoke the truth, you know. I, I'm I don't want you to filter yourself, like because it's true. Because <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of misinformation being thrown at us left and right. I mean, you want to talk about politics? That's a whole different episode we got we could talk about all together. Because that, as far as I like, see, I've seen band members getting kicked out. I see band oh, members geez. leaving because they go down the. A rabbit hole of QAnon and things like that. Um, yeah, and that rabbit hole just, goes they, deeper and deeper as far, they start and, believing uh, Infowars.com. Oh, geez. <laughs> and, you know, QAnon, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And uh, people get, you know, people lose relationships. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's bad. It really consumes the person big time. Yeah. And uh, um, you, really, you really get to see, like, uh, talking about the filter, I got to really see as far as like my circle, like my relationships, like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. I, I a lot of people showed their colors, so to speak, you know, throughout this entire, but it's kind of weird. It? It's just, it's kind of weird how it just all of a sudden, you know, started dating back to like 2015, 2016. I mean, it's been going on for a long time, right. but really when you started to see these things pop up was around 2016 around there during the, during the early elections, um, all this stuff started to pop up. All this misinformation, and just lies, and uh, we have a, actually a song called "Manufacture Hope." Yeah, that that's, uh, that was actually one of my of, favorites. I yeah, that kind of deals with a little bit of this subject, but in a more futuristic way, just being lied to. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. So we've been talking about this forever, and we're still talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And- um, but I feel really bad for those people because I see some really intelligent people go down down this rabbit hole of conspiracy theories and. The, it just consumes them and it just ru- ruins a lot of things in their lives. And yeah, um, yeah you kind of also- you, you go through your heads like, wait, wait, really? You like of all, of, of all people just saying, you know, just my experience, at least. Yes. And they look at us. We're the idiots. You know, they look at us <laughs> as like, we're, we're the ones who are the, are the sheep, as they call it. But whatever. To each his own. Um, but it's just unfortunate that, you know, that a lot of this stuff is becoming true. A lot of the stuff that we've been talking about for years. There's a company called Boston Dynamics. They're coming out with robot dogs, robot police dogs. Are really, you know, they're they're, they're okay. coming out with robots that are very much like humans that can run, dance, jump. You know, the only thing they don't have is the human mind, which is coming next. Uh, wh- what's it called? Bo- Boston Dynamics. Okay, I'm gonna have to say this now. Now that's definitely something I'll have to look into after this. Um, man, Dino. Uh, uh here's the thing. We covered everything from head to toe. Let's talk about that. Because 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 that tenth album, you talk about you know everything that's in your lyrics is pertaining to what's going on in the world. Uh, Aggression Continuum comes out June eighteenth on Nuclear Blast. Now this is the follow up to 2015's Genesis. Now, if I may, I'm gonna go and sum it up because uh, I've been listening to nothing but this album since I've been uh, I, I was sent to it by Nuclear Blast from start to finish. I mean, as far as the industrial and the futuristic and the groove metal sound, even some death metal elements, cinematic tones were in there. Just that level of consistency in Fear Factor sound and what you have maintained with your playing over the years, Dino. I mean, riff after riff after riff. I mean, songs like Recode to the title track to Manufacture Hope to End of Line. You guys, you know, you've done it again. Albums, which have gone to be certified gold and silver, even multi-platinum. I mean, just this is just another... Uh, impressive addition to your catalog and we all know burton is no longer with fear factory and if and if i may add to that it's quite the sign off for someone like him so you know walk me through this you know does writing music get easier or does the pressure of so many great records make it harder well during the the period of writing this record there was definitely a lot of pressure because yeah you know we didn't know if this record was going to be called fear factory or not because you know we were all uh there was a there was a big battle for the trademark name right of which pretty much financially broke us. Uh, me personally, you know, going bankrupt and uh, during the stressful period of uh, unfortunately, you know, getting a divorce and just all the 
you know, relationships that it destroyed. You know what I mean? I mean, look what happened with Bird. He pretty much, you know, quit the band because of all this stress yeah. and pressure, which I get it. Some people don't want that in their life. But to me, it was always worth it. To me, it's worth it because this is where I started. This is what, this is what I create or help create in some aspects. Um, and I, I'm not going to give it up just because of uh, some lawsuits or just some bankruptcies. No way. Music is number one important thing for me. I'm lucky that I get to do what I get to do. I chose this as my life. I'm considered a lifer. And this is what, uh, this is what, unfortunately, this is what I signed up for the good and the bad, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm married to this in a way you could say, well, actually, you know, it's, it's probably more than marriage. This is fear factory is my soulmate. That's what it is. It's just, it's in my heart and it's not, not leaving. And, um, writing these songs, you know, one of the beauties about writing songs is that you never stop learning. You're always learning with different people you collab with, listening to other music or life experiences. You're, you know, for me, I've had the opportunity to really show in my music, like the pain or the struggle or the beauty of what I'm doing, of what I'm yeah. going through. You know what I mean? You're definitely, as people say, it's like, you know, canvas, you're painting art. Yeah, it's, it's something that you got, it's something that creates from within you that comes out, um, you know, it may sound cliche, but that's really how it goes for some people. And for me, it's like, I get inspired by so many different things. Like for instance, on this record, we work with five different keyboard players, right? Oh, and wow. that okay. was really cool because it gave me different uh, perspectives to look at in certain parts of the song, right? Like fuel injected suicide machine. There's this middle section where the chorus and that, part just fucking blows up beautiful right right and then there's also the intense riff it's kind of like it's like tension and release you build up all this tension in the verses and then the release is the chorus the beautiful angelic chorus with these beautiful keyboards that are just pushing the part elevating them to new levels um and just really provoking a feeling between the contrast yeah. between the tension between the tense parts and the beautiful parts and the contrast sometimes is what's the beauty of it. And, and you appreciate each part more because they both play a significant role in the song, but they're both so far apart in contrast that it makes each part stick out more. Yeah. I think it's also another way to uh, tell the story, so to speak. Uh, each part of the song stands out more. Now, uh, the sound, as far as that is concerned, you know, I'm kind of an audiophile these days. Uh, with with this album, even with your other albums, I'm, I'm not. I'm thinking about it. It sounded so polished because you also brought in the likes of Damien Renaud, uh, Reese Fulber, uh, Andy Sneap. Hopefully, I'm not missing anybody there. Uh, talk about them. I'm sure there's a sense of comfortability for you, Dino, in the studio, knowing that you had someone like these collection of people. You know. Uh, these these persons like working on aggression continuum with you is that correct yeah so when i when i was able to regain the trademark rights i was like okay i need to construct my dream team again and getting damien Reynaud, his name is Reynaud. Reynaud, sorry my apologies yeah. obviously the french the french the french you know um Reynaud. anyway Reynaud. so Reynaud. all yeah, right getting Let's him get right. getting him back getting him behind you know back into the production side and uh engineering side you know, he's kind of like one of my partners in crime as well. He's been working with the band since 2011. Um, so he's very well experienced in knowing what I like and what he could bring to the table as far as his production side. And of course, Reese Fulber, who's been working with the band since 1992, right? It's been right. a long time. Oh, yeah. You know, he really helped us grow as a band. Um, it's not that I didn't have the vision, but he was able to create the vision of all the electronic elements and strings and keyboard elements into the music. So he wasn't on the first version of this record. So I tried to get him back onto the, this record where he was only able to do like a couple of songs, but that's fine. You know, I wanted to get him on the record uh, some way or another. Right. Um, and of course, getting Andy Steep, Andy Steep mixed your Nexus. He did a great job. It was our first time working with him on that record. Um, so I wanted to bring him back for this record and fucking it sounds amazing. You know, you hear, yeah. you hear every part. That's great. 
Yeah. And, you know, that pretty much sums it up perfectly. Like I said, like I heard everything on this record and it's, it's something that's another consistent part about Fear Factor's catalog. Now you've been in these handful of amazing bands, like I mentioned before, you know, would it be safe to say that the challenges, if there were any, you faced this time around are the biggest you encountered when it comes to surrounding an album release, you know, considering Burton's departure. And if so, you know, what can you take with you going forward? If there's a learning experience for this? Well, you, you learn from everything that you do. Sometimes history repeats itself, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, it's inevitable that sometimes that's happened. But, you know, when I say that, it's because when Fear Factory first started, uh, we actually did a, um, a record called Concrete. It was, right. it was recorded back in 1991 with Ross Robinson. Unfortunately, we couldn't sign the contract. We couldn't agree on the contract. So we ended up going to court over it. And um, basically, we were able to keep our songs and Ross was able to keep his recordings. So we were introduced to lawsuits in the very beginning of our career. Jeez. It was like, welcome to the music industry, boys. Get out there and do it. <laughs> and um, and uh, that's pretty much, uh, you know, we've been exposed to that since the very beginning. And it's just right off the bat. Right off the bat. Yes, exactly. And so... <clears throat> So these kind of things are like not nothing new to me. Um, I, to me, I I think I work well when there's challenges. I think I work well when there's stress because I'm able to have enough experience to be able to channel those feelings and put them on through the guitar. Obviously, you know. Right. Um, I I introduced a few more different things that I haven't really done in the past. Um, and I do a lot. Of, I've been doing a lot of bins on this record, a lot of bins, which is really cool. I never done that. Never done that on any Fear Factory record before. And so, just little things like that really enhance uh, to progressing this record. You know, sometimes um, little, the little things, you know, really shine, and can you can see it on this record. Also, the live drums. Um, Mike Keller. I gave Mike Keller a little bit more free reign to do what he wanted as far as like adding all the fills and one that he actually said that disruptor has more fills than the whole D manufacturer record. And he's right about that. There's a lot of fills. Interesting. And so, so that's, that's new elements. I have to go back and revisit that now. (laughs) That's new elements that we bring into the, into the music. Um, But it was just a style that we created, no, with no fills, no guitar solos. We wanted to be more of an industrial band in that way. Right. Right. So that's why we didn't do those things. It wasn't because we couldn't. But later, later on, when I, when I got, came back into the band in 2009, 2010, when Mechanized came out, we had Gene Hoagland in the band. You know, he was adding more fills as well. But uh, Gretchen Continuum was probably the most that we've ever added in any record. So that's really cool. And Mike Keller was there to, to, to do it all. And it was killer. Um, so there's always something a little bit different that we bring into, into our music. Um, you know, working with different keyboard players who were able to have a different perspective on certain parts definitely added to the record as well. Um, and I just think, in, I just think overall, it's just trying to keep a certain standard to and the quality of Fear Factory's music, you know, and to keep it to a and songwriting, you know, to keep a certain standard that you know that people learn to appreciate. Yeah. I think people can. People could definitely hear it on this record. You know, it's there. It's there. Yeah. Um, the aggression, the feeling, the beauty, the emotions, the pain, the struggle, uh, the amazing production. It's all there. The riffs, the beats, you know, the contrast of the vocals, the amazing orchestral and electronic industrial, you know, keyboard parts are all there. The structures, you know, from beginning to end, you're definitely taking you through this roller coaster of emotions that are all in that record. And I'm very proud of it. Very, very proud of it. And we're very happy that we will, that I was able to survive and get this out to everybody out there. Yeah. And as you're talking about it, I kind of want to circle around to it because between writing and structuring the songs in the production process, uh, we actually uh, spoke to Fran from Light the Torch. He did the album Mm -hmm. art for Mm -hmm. aggression continuum i'm hoping you can Mm -hmm. shed some more light on this because the lyricism surrounding aggression continuum like you talked about before you know fear factory technology society science fiction the dystopian 
post-apocalyptic future. You know, th- there are different concepts around that. You know, influences drawn from some of my personal favorite movies, like Blade Runner and Terminator. So I wanted to ask, you know, someone like you, you you've do, you've done this entire catalog within Fear Factory. How important are themes and concepts to you, Dino? Is that more about helping you write or sound, or is that more for the audience? Because so many artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio, and that's it. All the above. You know, we kind of started that from the day one that my roommate came up with the name Fear Factory, right? Mm -hmm. I bought it from him with with some two-liter Pepsis and some Snickers. (laughs) That's how I paid for the name. So... We were like, okay, this name sounds cool. What does it mean? So since day one, since we came up with the name, we came up with a theme for the name. So what it is, is like anything that manufactures fear. It could be the government. It could be politics. It could be, you know, poke-apocalyptic, you know, surviving, surviving the bomb, surviving the war, technology where it's taken us, you know, the relationship between man and machine, uh, just all those things uh, in society that's changing all of us. That's what fear factory means. Anything that manufactures fear. Yeah. And then trying to overcome it and trying to get past it, trying to know what's coming and to be prepared for it. Right. That's kind of like what we've been talking about. So it's, it's socially aware, right? It's also, you know, um, themes about, Obviously, the relationship between human and AI, that's, we've been talking about that. And that, that's an ongoing theme because that's still current today. I mean, our relationship between our iOS, iOS devices, like I was saying before, people yeah. are addicted to this, right? Or an Android. I got an Android here. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You know, operating systems, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're, we're uh, you know, addicted to our operating systems. You ever watch the movie Her? Yeah, that's a great movie. Phoenix. Great movie. It's scary good. That's that's the way yes, I'll put it. Exactly. But anyways, we're just talking about all those type of themes that we've been doing. And not and the relationship is not always good, meaning between man and machine. It's not always good. Sometimes you get along. Sometimes they can be one. Sometimes they're at war. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just what the whole concept is. And for me, I've always loved that because I've always been into movies. Because movies had a, have a concept. They have a story behind it. They have, you know, people's feelings are there. You know what I mean? Um, and fans can relate to those types of movies. And I, I've been a fan of all those early movies. You can think of Blade Runner, Dune, Terminator, uh, Aliens, you know, um, even uh, shows have, like Star have Trek. You, have you seen Dark City? Yeah, of course, Dark City. Yeah, so. And of course, you know, but, I'm, you know, we're talking about those movies that had like trilogies and stuff like yeah, that. Okay, Mad okay, Max, yeah, yeah. all the Mad Max movies, all that stuff. Really, really, I really like and new new school movies that come out like Upgrade. There's a movie called Upgrade. You got to check it out. That's I, I've a seen badass. that. Badass. That is a yeah, great film. That's to me, it's a great film. Uh, Monsters of Man is another low budget yep. sci-fi movie that's killer too. That's totally what I'm, I'm really into those stuff. But you know, just being a fan of that kind of stuff really adds to the theme of these records, right? The concept of these records. And just telling the story that people not only just enjoy the music, they enjoy the lyrics, they enjoy the concepts, they enjoy what stories that I'm telling them about, you know, in these interviews, the stories that I'm telling you about, you know, they enjoy all that. For instance, Francesco, when he did the artwork, we had, we had extensive conversations. I don't know if we told you that, but we had conversations about where we wanted to take this, this next concept album cover how it could relate to the story and basically it's an automaton in the shape of an f but it also has it's also got its legs open which makes it an x formation right and the x the x is roman numeral 10 which is for our 10th record right so on the bottom f on the on the right side you see the serial number and it's ff 10 31 90 which is the birth of that model but it's basically the birth date of the band right wow and then okay. the aggression continuum means just we're going to continue this this is it's going to keep going right so it's the past present and the future so the past being a serial okay. number of the beginning the x being a 10 which is our 10th studio record the present and the continuum which is it's going to continue so 
that's the theme of the record. In the beginning of this, in the beginning of the first song, Recode, it has a spoken word intro. It's about how this how we've been fucked over as humans by technology, right? Yeah. And and that we're fighting against it. Right now it's at war. Recode, the first lyric is imagine your life taken from you. That's that's the first line, and that's kind of like the theme of the whole record. Just just us being stripped. Well, as band members, you know, because of the all the losses, stuff like that, it relates to all that. Just the struggles and 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 the pain that we had to go through just to get this record done. And then and then different themes, not different themes, but you know, it fits in the concept of different themes of the record, right? Yeah. Um, aggression continuum, the title of track, or even disruptor, or or let's go back to recode. Recode, it deals with um, you know, and it deals in two different ways. One is, one is recoding your mind, recoding your memory, right? And, you know, uh, being lied to, being sucked into this rabbit hole that we were talking about earlier, you know what I mean? And then being able to break free of all that bullshit, right? Being a stronger individual, a strong-minded person, and being able to break free of that. But in, in the concept way, we're talking about how AI, which could be whatever we see on the internet, AI stripping us of our memories and our consciousness and our soul and transferring it into an automaton. So the automaton could think it's human because it has all these, all your memories. Yeah. Right. And, and you could trace so it back to like movie like her, like you mentioned. That's kind of like what Recode is themes about. Then you go to Disruptor. Disruptor is basically just trying to disrupt the system. You're trying to block whatever it is, whatever signal it is, you're trying to block it. You're trying to disrupt it. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and then you go into songs like Aggression Continuum. Aggression Continuum is obviously continuing the battle. Right. But, in the beginning of it, it's it's a it's a it's a storyline that came that we reenacted from the movie uh, Monsters of Man, where these fucking you know war robots that are just there to kill people think they're human, and so you have an interaction between this auto, this war automaton, this autonomous combat system, talking to this human, and the humans trying to tell them, "You're not human. You're a robot." But the robot thinks it's human and it doesn't believe the human. So that's kind of like what that is yeah. about. And then purity, purity is when um, the automaton thinks it's, or sorry, finds out that it's um, kind of not human. He's starting to figure it out. And he's just saying, but he's trying to say, but I'm just one of you. You know, I'm I am yeah. one of you. Take me as I am. You know what I mean? They're like, he's trying to say, like, look, I'm just one of you. You know, I, but he's also figuring out who he is and what he is. Yeah. So that theme, that theme kind of goes through the whole record. Then you get to the last song, which is end of line. Yeah. Which is kind of saying it's the end of the line, right? But at the after that song, you hear a quote that I took from Dune, and it's the fear is the mind killer speech. Right. And in the speech, it goes, when the fear is gone, only I remain. And that's kind of like me saying that that's once that fear is gone, only I remain, meaning only me is the last soul guy in the band. And and I don't fear what's coming next. Right. Wow. OK. So I'm also uh, at with that also, as I'm also trying to tell the listener, like, don't fear what's coming next because it's going to be killer. You know, sure, you know, uh, our singer left, he quit for whatever reasons, but that doesn't mean that this machine has to stop because one per one part decided to break down. You know what I mean? We are going to continue. We we've replaced that part and we've moved and we're moving on. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm forced to. <clears throat> Some people have said, Hey, why don't you just change the band name or just quit? I'm like, no. Fuck you. I'm not quitting. Dude, I've seen fuck so many you. comments on fuck your social. You. I'm yeah. not changing the fucking name. I fucking fucking killed for this name. No fucking way. Yeah. No I, fucking I, way. I can't tell you I how many times I started this I've, band. Yeah. I started this band 
I got Raymond and Christian together. I'm sorry, Raymond and Burton together uh, to start this band. And there's no way that I'm stopping because other people don't want to do it. Hell no. No, and you shouldn't. I, just, no. I, like, I was going to say, no. I've, I've seen so many comments on like your social media pages. Oh, this, like, exactly. The the, consist- the consistency of, oh, why didn't you do this? You changed the mad name. He's gone. He's gone. What listen, happened? Listen, if I listened it's- to everybody who gave me advice at the beginning of Fear Factory, I wouldn't be where I'm at because yeah. I felt that Fear Factory was a band that was able to push, push the envelope, give, give something create something new for the genre for the genre to be influenced by and take it somewhere else. Yep. I mean, the, I mean the, the heavy melodic, the heavy core oh, sorry, the heavy verses, the melodic courses. I can't think of anybody Loudwire try to do some YouTube. And this, this is fucking absolute Loudwire, I love you, but you guys are so wrong on this. You guys need to go and investigate even better. Yes. I'm calling you out Loudwire. You this that video you did was whack about who came up with the melodic and and you know melodic and heavy vocals together the combination of the two. At the time we came out, 1990. Uh, I'm a, I'm a music lover. I've worked in I've worked in a record store for 10 years. I saw what came and went. I heard, you know, every record that looked like a fucking metal record. I listened to it, and I never heard anything like it. And that was one of the reasons why I chose Bert to be in the band because I knew he could do both. And so when he finally discovered that about himself, we went with it because there was nobody else that was doing it. That was, that was a good thing and a bad thing. The, the <clears throat> bad part, <clears throat> every label that I shopped the band to turned us down. They're like, who the fuck singing melodic on a fucking death metal record or a grind record or industrial grind death metal Nobody get that, get that out of here. We don't want that in our office. You know, no, we're not going to sign you, but luckily, uh, you know, Monty Connor, when he heard it, he was like, fuck, he saw, he saw something. He, even his words, he didn't hear one of the, one of the most prestigious A&R guys back in the eighties and nineties, signing all these up and coming bands and who's listened to everything that's come across his, his desk. Right. Yeah. He saw the beauty in fear factor. He saw the, the new, the new elements that we were bringing to metal. And he was like, I got to get this band because they're, they're original. And that's where, you know, that was our, once we got signed and once we, you know, really developed our style and our sound that I felt, I felt, and sure people can disagree with me or not. I don't care, but I felt that we, we brought something to this genre of music that people can use today. Heavy vocals, a lot of chords, syncopated, syncopated guitar riffs. You know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we have discussed about so far. Yeah, most people don't understand the timeline. Most people don't. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Whether it's, you know, being in a band that's been through the ups and downs, playing for as long as you have, and the people you have met and worked with during these amazing records, the multiple touring cycles I mentioned, you know, in your band, the I, name... The name Fear Factory, it's a household name these days. Like you're considered a stepping stone in heavy metal lore and in playing guitar. So, Dino, I kind of want to round it out to this question here. Uh, what is the most rewarding part for someone like you who is now at this point in their career, at the same time, has been involved with so many other aforementioned different talented bands, artists, individuals? Do you ever just stop to take a look back at how far you've come? Oh, all the time. I don't have to stop. You know, it's, it's just, it's, I'm right. still going, I'm still going, you know what I mean? And I, I don't forget where I came from. I don't forget how I started. I don't forget what influenced me to do what I do on a daily basis. You know what I mean? I, it's there, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have to stop and I don't have to stop because I still, I'm still living it. You know what I mean? Um, and I do, I think part of, part of being successful is being able to create something original, being able to create something that people can be influenced by. Sure. Anybody can agree with me or whatever, but in my perspective and in my eyes, I felt that we were, we carved our niche in this genre and that we were able, we did our contributions to this genre and I can't, I can't ever stop con- uh, contributing as much as I can to this genre. There was something really important that Zach Wilde told me at Dimebag Daryl's funeral. He said, Dimebag, excuse me. 
he said Dimebag left us this torch to, to pass it on to others. And what he means by that, it's like Dimebag left us this influence, this body of music that we can all be influenced by. And it's up to us guys, it's us people like ourselves who create this music to pass it on to other people as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the gift. It's the gift of passing it on. And you can't say, oh, somebody ripped me off. Somebody didn't rip me off, blah, 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 whatever. Everybody's influenced by something, right? And it's just our job to create, uh, uh, to continue to pass on this torch to other people. Yeah, man, you couldn't have said that any, 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 any better than what you just did. And I remember seeing Dimebag, uh, good Lord, two months before he got shot on the stage. And that struck a chord with all of us, and especially here in Texas, obviously. Um, well, he wasn't only he wasn't only just a good guitar player. He was a good guy, you know. Oh, he yeah. was, uh, and he was always the life of the party. And he wanted to make sure that you were a part of that as well. He wanted you to, to he wanted you to be in his world, and his world was very, very, very fun. He had a very fun world around him, you know. And he surrounded himself with with fun people. And if you were down, he knew how to bring you up. Mm-hmm. You know, he was one of those guys. Yeah. You know, it it, it 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 wasn't just on stage; it was off stage as well. And that was one of the beauties about uh, him and just about hanging out with him. Yeah. Uh, man, Dino. Uh, yeah, perfectly said. And this has been such an honor, Dino. I know we're running out of time here, but uh, I said I had a surprise for you at the end. So I haven't done this in a while. This throws my guests off all the time. They actually love this. Um, I'm going to see what I'm going to do. Uh, something special here. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Hot seat. I'm going to see if you know the own lyrics to your own songs. Are you up for that challenge? Sure. <laughs> That's good. That's the most simple answer I got. I've had so many artists who say, oh, I won't get any song right. And they get every song right. And some artists would say, oh, I'm not going to, and I'll get all of them right. And they get all of them wrong. So what I did, I handpicked, not all of, all your songs. Don't worry. Uh, I handpicked a few, a handful of favorites. I'm going to read the lyric. I won't go in order. And you just name the song. You okay? You ready? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I refuse to pledge allegiance. A ceremony. Disruptor. Of the... Yeah, there we go. Sorry, it's easy. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. But the brightness turned my eyes. Unconscious or am I conscious? Fell from the sky like a star. Sometimes I feel uh, as though I'm frozen in heaven. Memory imprints. Uh, dark bodies dark yeah bodies. yeah dark bodies sorry See, when i read it it's like you're it's like poetry as opposed to delivering it on stage yeah it gives well it it's a, dark bodies is dark bodies and there's what's what's the subtitle of that in, invisible wounds invisible wounds that's what yeah. it is yeah from digital mortal 2001 I, yeah. I i loved when you guys switched things up there i love that a lot of people were like what the heck are they doing I remember that when that <laughs> album first dropped. Dark bodies floating in darkness. And, uh, no right. sign of. Yeah. Ex- okay. Now the next one. You mentioned this earlier. Let's see if you get this. Invoking God to spite enemies, judge mankind implicitly, kill everyone who does not see, kill everyone who does not believe. I does beat- not believe. I beat. I- yeah. Virus I- of faith. I-, I yeah, virus of faith from industrialist. Um, which, by the way, I had no idea you were retracking the drums on that. I'm excited about that now to hear that version. Okay. Um, so okay. I got, so we got three right. All right. So I think you're gonna get every every one of them right. So you knew this song was coming. So withdrawn and feeling numb, watching life come all undone, growing fear, a human grace, a drowning mind in a dark embrace. That's that. That's an easy one that I can't seem to get. Say it again. Think about what's behind me right now. Sorry? I was going to say, think see, of, I, I can't uh, even see that. that Mortal Kombat, so it's zero signal. Yeah, there we go. A <laughs> dog, yeah, Yeah. I was like, which lyric should I call out from this one? That was a challenging one. All right, moving on. That was actually an easy one that I couldn't get. Yeah, that goes to show how impressive your catalog could go, how far back we can get on this. All right, replace for enhancement, destroy permanence, born again and faithless, shatter the resilient. I've got the power. Oh, power shifter. Nope. I've got the power to effect a change. Amplify my body. Don't fade away. That's also on industrialist, right? Mm-hmm. Think, think. Recharger. This is the this is the last album. Think 2015. 
<laughs> I'm making you rethink your set list then. Well, I mean, it's, it's obviously Genexus, but I don't know what song it is. Uh, uh, regen maybe autonomous uh, regenerate, regenerate, regenerate. Okay, there you yeah. go. <laughs> All right, we got a couple more. How can you accept social suppression, this weak state of mind in our time? I demand release from hypocrisy. I'd rather die than be held down, forced down. Held down, forced down. And then the next lyric is, that's the title. Power Shifter. No. <laughs> you just want to know. say that. <laughs> that's I don't freedom, know. I don't... Freedom of Fire. <laughs> oh, Freedom of Fire, okay. From Obsolete. Uh, I, always... I, bet you, I bet you 10 bucks. I bet you ten dollars that if you were to ask Bert these lyrics, he probably wouldn't remember which song it is. Like any of them? Oh no, or, he would remember. Most, okay, of okay, course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do have, you know, a couple hundred songs in our catalog, so it's only a couple hundred. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to remember. Uh, Freedom of Fire. That's actually that may be my favorite Fear Factory song of all time. I'm not sure. That's, that's so you know a lot of people. A lot of people request that song, but we hardly ever do it. Ever, when's the, really. When's the last time you played it live? You Probably since that? 1998, Jesus. 1999. Hey, I know I'm just yeah. a fan out of millions out there. That'd be great to see you guys play that again. That's why, you know, we were talking about doing the obsolete um, in its entirety. Mm -hmm. But, you know, obviously he quit. So obviously, I mean, I could still do it. I'm not sure if I want to, but I could still do it. All right, next one. You've been saying this over and over. This is this is finally Power shifter. It. Yeah, you want more? You got more of them. You brought more. I was going. I knew this. You know, this song was going to be in there. Mechanized from 2010. That was a great return. Well, you know, it's yeah. it's funny because that those lyrics dealt with uh, the 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 early lawsuits, and then mm. you know, you want war? They definitely you got brought war. war. They, and then they always question authority, yeah. control my own destiny. Exactly what you're doing right now, man. All right, last yeah. one, man. Okay, I, I'm sure you'll get this. I'll, actually, it's whatever. What I thought was life came to an end, born into a world. I never asked for this. I've got to get away. I've got to get away. I've got to get Martyr. away. Martyr. Okay, Soul of a New Machine, 1992. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Well, what's, what's the last line you said? I've got to get away. Keep, keep saying over again. I've got to get away. I've got to get it. That's that's what I've been given. Is there anything after that? No, just say I got to get away. Say it three times. I've got to get away. I've got to get away. I've got to get away. Okay, got to get away. Get away. Get away. <laughs> I've got to get away. Get away. Get away. Oh my gosh, Nirvana. Yeah, from? yeah. Exactly. Burst stole that line from Nirvana. What? I had no idea. This well, is the first time I'm even hearing that. Holy crap! Wow. I just sang it to you. That's gotta insane. get away get away get away you know was there ever any like any uh i've got to get away is anybody I've like got... approach you be like hey you guys you guys took it away from nirvana or, or how was it like, like no no one ever any... said that no yeah. that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome i didn't even know that uh man uh dino this has been such an honor man thank you so much for doing this has been a lot of fun i can't wait till we do this in person obviously when you guys come to dallas when touring resumes again i'm sure there is a light at the end of the tunnel do you have any i don't know last words is there anything you'd like to plug in as far as fear factory and aggression continuum before we finish things off here i know i know touring is resuming soon for a lot of bands but i don't know what you can and cannot say about that going forward um well what i can <laughs> say is i want to say thank you to all the fans that supported us for over 30 years and i appreciate everybody who contributed to the gofundme campaign to get this record out now you can go to fearfactory.com to get vinyl, cassettes, CDs, merchandise, and see the upcoming tour dates um, that we'll be, we'll be announcing pretty soon. Um, we're going to be getting a new singer. We're going to move forward. We're going to release some tracks as well, something, something in the near future um, with a new vocalist. So it's going to be killer. I can't wait for everyone to hear this record that's coming out June 18th. The new, the new single is Recode. It'll be out June 11th. It's going to be a video to go along with it. Part two of Disruptor video will be that. And um, I can't wait to get back out there and tour the world where, where we can make it to. Because, you know, the COVID restrictions, some of these countries are going through different things. So we're hoping that we can, we can tour everywhere. And I'm excited. Can't wait, but wait, can't wait to get back out there. 
check out the new record fearfactory.com thank you very much for having me man i appreciate it and uh, i didn't even give you a round of applause i'm gonna give you a round of applause once the show airs because you got you got most of the songs right I'm just going to give you all the songs. I think I got like five out of seven. I think I I, I picked like eight or nine of them. I think you only got one wrong. You kept saying power shifter (laughs) from the very good from the get go. You you definitely got that right. But um, I can't wait till we do this again. Everyone is listening. This is Dino Cazares from Fear Factory. Aggression Continuum drops June 18th on Nuclear Blast. Now, here's a very simple request. Uh, I urge you to buy the album. I still buy records today. You know, that's still sitting in the corner of my room. You know, digital is great. You know, Spotify is great, but the bands can't do it without your help. It's a very simple request, but buy the album. That's, that's my urge to you. I'm sure Dino will, will love that as well. And uh, don't forget. <laughs> well, everybody, everybody, everybody will. And, every, and was, you, don't forget on the record. Yeah. And uh, everyone listening, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams. We'll also be on YouTube. Check us out on our interview on fire.com. Dino, we'll stay in touch, man. Uh, look forward to the day we do this in person and talk about how we did an interview during a pandemic and uh, talk about things, you know, once everything comes back to normality, which is soon. Uh, you stay safe out there in LA, man. I'll talk to you later. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.